on an actual presentation of that argument, what do we mean by contingency? So when philosophers talk about things that are contingent, which we'll need to understand for this argument from contingency, all they mean is that there's something about the nature of this item, that its very existence is contingent upon something else. It doesn't have an explanation that is internal to itself, but it has a reason for being which comes from outside of that individual item. The, the contingency is contrasted with uh, necessity. Necessary items are ones which don't have an external explanation for their existence. They just exist necessarily. There is something about their very nature such that they had to exist. There's no possibility or, or that they couldn't have existed. Whereas contingent things could have at least hypothetically not existed. One prime example is you. Your existence is contingent upon the existence of your parents, the existence of their method of procreation, and it continues a chain backwards. Your parents' existence is contingent upon their parents, etc. So do you have anything you want to add here, Josh, with like Matt's like framing of contingency? Nothing really. I mean, there's a lot of different ways people have formulated contingency in the past, though I think that this is perhaps the most simple understanding of the concept. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I mean, some people will be like, well, it's, you know, if everything's like deterministic or something, well, then here we go, there might be a problem. But yeah, I mean, this is a good kind of like basic layout. And I think like arguments based, based on like dependency with regards to contingency are probably like the simplest way forward, at least for like um, this kind of context. So, yeah. Better. If we were to find something that had a necessary existence, we could contrast this much more easily. The problem is it's very hard to clearly identify something that has a necessary existence that is in fact a thing, a thing that we can point to, uh, like a brick or a piece of wood or this seat. These, these things are all contingent on other things. And this connection of finding things in the universe that are contingent and expanding this to say that the universe is contingent is something we'll talk about when we get to the formal structure of the argument. So Matt's just kind of like laying out groundwork and stuff with regards to this video. Um, but do you have anything you add at this point, Josh? I think this is just a very, very interesting topic that he raises. Like, well, how exactly do we know what is a uh, contingent, what is necessary? We kind of have this idea that things are either going to be necessary or either going to be contingent. There's a really fine line drawn between kind of what is contingent and what is necessary, which we would be elaborating later on in the video, but it's just something to keep in mind. For example, a chair is contingent. My wallet is contingent. We know that there's something within the wallet which makes it intuitive or quite obvious that this is an contingent thing. And then we turn to something like maths, like one plus one equals two. It's quite a necessary kind of concept or it's something which is quite necessary. And, and we kind of have an intuition to say, well, that is kind of necessary. But of course, that raises the question, well, what exactly is the thing which makes us to have that intuition that something is quite obviously contingent and what is not? We'll develop that later on in the video when he talks about it a bit more. But I think that that's just a very interesting question to start raising in our minds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because I think Matt does a good job of bringing up this point to wonder, like, what is the relevant difference between like contingent things and necessary things? Um, Cause you know, if I told you like this pen is or your wallet or this pen is the necessary thing, you'd be like, well, no, of course not. That, that, there's no way. And it's like, well, why is that? And is it like, is it cause it looks designed or I'm going to say it's cause it has like these, these limits. And it's like, there's explanations for like why it's the shape it is and why it's the weight it is and things like that. Um, so Matt does a really good job. And that's something to really think about. Like, um, it's like, what is the relevant difference between the contingent and the necessary? So premise two is that the universe exists contingently. And here's where we get into this discussion about what do we mean by universe? Do we mean our local space-time reality that we inhabit? You know, the thing that is 14 and a half billion years old that we can, you know, see the edges of, uh, you know, see the microwave background radiation um, that we 
have a suspicion about how it began. We have Big Bang cosmology, even though there are competing models. This isn't about declaring what version is correct. This is about saying, is the universe contingent? Well, it may be the case that the universe is contingent, but I don't see a demonstration that it is. It may also be the case that if we're talking about the cosmos, the, the larger everything that our universe exists within or as part of, that the cosmos, in fact, is not contingent, that the cosmos is a necessary uh, thing. We'll get to that in a little bit. The third. Okay. Um, before we get into the third thing, what do you think, Josh? Because he, he's kind of bringing up this idea of like the cosmos being potentially necessary again. I think it is a very interesting kind of discussion. And I think, first of all, we have to say, well, what exactly does Matt mean when he says demonstrate the universe is uh, contingent? Because that, of course, goes back to our previous discussion about the epistemology surrounding contingency. How exactly do we know that something is? Um, contingent apart from just saying well it, it's quite obvious that this thing is contingent and I think that one of the ways I could build on it or we could build on it is kind of like physical or natural things are most likely contingent and of course I think this could be developed to be more precise in uh, the argument from limits which Zach knows way more than I do but essentially physical it's like kind of things like physical things like chairs people basically anything physical are quite clearly contingent whereas things which are non-physical like math logical space are mainly necessary so as a result, the, like, um, the universe being a physical thing is most likely to be contingent. And furthermore, the universe could be otherwise. And of course, you might say I'm kind of equivocating or mixing up the idea of something being possible and something being contingent. Though I think that there's some, there's some connection between something being possible and something being contingent, which we can perhaps discuss somewhere else. But I think that there's just generally quite clearly uh, a bit of uh, a similarity over there. And finally, it just it doesn't seem logically impossible that the universe has different laws. It doesn't seem impossible that the universe could have been otherwise in the same sense that it seems impossible for one plus one to equal to three. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I it's interesting because like Matt always throws around the word demonstration. and I don't always know what he means. Um, like, of course, we can't demonstrate the universe is contingent like our models of the Big Bang break down. Um, but I mean, it still doesn't stop us from like trying to understand things. And then. So he brings up the cosmos and I've been like, I just don't even know what he means by the cosmos. Like he's going to say like the foundation, like, but you know, that's kind of like, just like a tautology. Um, so I'm, it's like all of whatever the foundation is. I, I just don't really know what he means by the cosmos. Um, so that's a little tricky to think about, but then like, so like thinking about the limits thing. Um, so like we obviously know that like you and I and Matt and dogs and trees are contingent. And why is that? Well, they have certain features like they're, um, maybe alive or they weigh a certain amount of weight or uh, things like that. And it's, then I wonder about the cosmos and it's like, well, what is it? One, what does that mean? But it's like, let's just say it's like some sort of like matter energy or like a quantum field or something. And it's like, well, it seems like we're going to still have these limits um, where things seems like things could have been otherwise, but they're this way. And that's just kind of like the brute fact of the foundation. And it's like, okay, well, I guess we just stop there. Like if atheism is true, like it just doesn't seem like, it seems like there's further explanations still. 